to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. The guy driving is Michael Scott, and Michael Scott is just like the typical idiot boss, okay? And then the guy in the passenger seat is Dwight Schrute, and Dwight is the assistant to the regional manager, the assistant to Michael. And so Michael's been having a hard time with technology He's been losing his sales to technology, and he's just angry at it. And so they're on their way to one final sale, and then the GPS is telling him to turn right. And then Michael is so stupid that, like, Dwight's like, no, dude, you've got to bear right. And he's like, no, listen to the technology. Listen to it. It knows where it's going. And he's like, no, 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 you're going to go into the lake. And Michael absolutely would not listen to his GPS. He wouldn't listen to Dwight. He wasn't listening to sound direction or the voices that he needed to. He just kind of did his own thing. And as you can see, he drove his car directly into the lake right there, ruined the car probably ruined their suits, ruined the gift basket to his new client. I mean, just killed the whole thing because that's just, that is just who Michael is. That is just one of the funniest scenes in the office. You know, what's, what's kind of not funny is that too often as Christians, our lives look a little bit like Michael's. Because here's the truth of the matter. God is a personal God and God speaks to us. God speaks to us through his scripture, but God wants to speak to you one-on-one. But I think so often we find ourselves caught up in our own world, in our own way of living, in our own lives, and we sort of shut off the voice of God. And I don't think we we realize that we get caught up in just the day-to-day. That life becomes about going to work, seeing the kids, hitting the lake on the weekend, getting out to the the mountains on the weekend. Just you do it over and over and over until you die. And we never listen to the voice of God to accomplish something of eternal impact. Yet so many of you in this room, you wonder why, why your life is filled with so much discontent. You can't seem to find satisfaction. You've got the stuff. You've got the people, you make the money, but there's just something not satisfying you. And it's because you aren't listening to the voice of God to step into the purpose and the plan that he has for you. So, so often our lives look just like Michael, that we shut off the voice of God and shut off the voice of God. And next thing we know, we've driven our lives into a lake. We kind of don't know what's going on. But are we called to be a people that shuts off the voice of God? Or are we called to be a people that says, speak, Lord, I'm listening. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll do anything you want me to do. Just say the word, I'm here, and I'll go. I say we be a people that says, Lord, I'm listening, and I'll do what you want me to do. Because it's through that that we'll make an eternal impact and that you'll find the internal just satisfaction and purpose that God has designed for you. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 16 and see what the Lord is speaking to us today. Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 6. Now, here's what's going on. I want to kind of give you just a super quick recap of the book of Acts. So what's going on is is Jesus has died and then he's risen from the grave. And now it is time for him to orchestrate his plan to bring salvation to the earth, to spread the gospel all throughout the earth. 
So first he starts with, with pouring his spirit out on his people. That now if you're a Christian, you are a spirit-empowered person. And you're supposed to use that power to further the kingdom of God. We see, we see Peter, he preaches, and God is orchestrating all of this. He preaches to the multitudes, and 3,000 get saved in one day. We see God working in his people through signs and wonders and miracles. I mean, the apostles are just going out, and they're healing people left and right, and people are coming to Christ because of the way that they're healing them. God is orchestrating all of this. Later on, he, he pours out his spirit on the Gentiles. And so God is speaking to his people that my salvation is not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles also. Later on, he pours his spirit out on the Samaritans. Now, the Samaritans were half Jew and half Gentile. The Jews didn't like them and the Gentiles didn't like them. But God saved some Samaritans and poured his spirit out on them to show that the scope of his mission was worldwide. And God begins saving all of these people. Then he calls this guy named Saul, who's persecuting the church. He shows up. God shows up on the scene. He chooses a man that he was going to use for his mission. He shows up to Saul. Saul is converted, and he changes his name to Paul. And now God is sending Paul on these missions. Throughout all of the book of Acts, we see a spirit-empowered people working out the plan of God. See, the, the, the main actor in this story, the main actor in Acts is not Paul. It's not the apostle Peter. It's not even really the church. It's God working out his plan. And here in Acts chapter 16, it is no different. So here's what's going on. Um, Paul and his companions, they are looking to go spread the gospel to the Gentiles. That is what they are called to do. And so Paul has got a, a specific plan in mind of what he wants to do. Let's read in, starting in verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia, I guess that's how you say that, in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into um, Bith Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So here's what's going on. Paul has got a plan in mind. He, know that, that he knows that God has called him to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, but here God is showing up in an individual, a personal, and a specific way to speak to Paul and his companions. See, Paul, he had a good idea in mind. He was going to go on and, and, and eventually get to Ephesus. He was going to Asia. Ephesus was a cultural center. It was a rich city. I mean, it was like the perfect place to spread the gospel. He knew what he was doing. Paul was smart, but God showed up to Paul and through the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not going there. I've got a plan. So Paul said, oh, okay, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to go to Asia Minor this time. That, that would be a good idea. So as he's going on to Asia Minor, once again, the Holy Spirit shows up and says, Paul, you're not going there. I have different plans. And finally, God shows up with a very specific vision and says, you need to go to Macedonia. And Paul and his companions were obedient to the personal call of God. 
I want to show this to you in the ESV because I believe the ESV gives us an even greater picture of the unity of God. Go ahead and throw that up there, starting in verse 6. It says, they went to the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by who? The Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. Watch this. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas and go to that next section. And a vision appeared to Paul. The the, The vision goes on. And what does it say? Concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, in the New Testament, when you, you, when you see these three different names, you're looking at a picture of the Trinity. First, they say that the Holy Spirit would not allow them to go into Asia. Second, who was it? It was the Spirit of Jesus. Jesus speaking through his Spirit to guide his people. And then finally, in the New Testament, whenever you see that general term God being used, that is a picture of the Father, So what do we see in this text? That the triune God, the three persons of the Godhead who work together with a perfect plan and perfect unity are calling Paul and his companions to join them in this perfect plan and this perfect unity to accomplish the mission of the triune God. He is calling them into perfect unity with God. You see, God has a specific plan and purpose for your life. Man, we know we have scripture. God has called us to love. He's called us to serve. He's called us to to spread the gospel, and that's great. But here we see God showing up and giving specific direction to Paul. And what I want to tell you today is that you are here for a specific purpose. God has called you to love and to serve and to spread the good news of Jesus and to take care of the lowest of the low. But he is calling each and every one of you to do that in a specific way. And yet we need to be open. We need to be all ears to the God of the universe who wants to guide us and lead us into the specific purpose that he has for you. And he'll do it. I mean, scholars think those first two times that, that as the Holy Spirit denied them, that maybe it was just a little something on the inside. It wasn't big and flashy. They just think, they, they just knew the Spirit of God will not let us go there. Some other scholars think that, that maybe one of them gave out a prophetic word and the Spirit spoke through one of them. And then finally we know that God showed up in a dream. God will speak to you in a variety of ways, but if you will just open up your ears and listen, he will speak to you. You, with a specific plan and purpose. We've actually seen this recently um, with, with, with somebody in this church. I'm not going to say any names, but he, um, he has been presented recently um, with a job opportunity. But with this opportunity, he would have to actually move away to a completely different city. So this is a big deal. But right now, you know what I mean, like he, 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 would, he would be happy to take a job that, that has this because on paper, this job makes sense. Better conditions, better pay, better environment, better leadership. I mean, the whole nine yards on paper, this thing makes sense. Well, recently we had our third Wednesday service in February. It's where the young people of our church gather together to just have an encounter with God. 
And so this guy is there, and he's there serving. And we had brought Joel in, Joel Talley, my uncle, and he just operates mightily in the Spirit of God. And, and he walked up to this individual, and he, and he whispered something in his ear, and he began to pray for them. And so the guy gets up, and, and I go and talk to him afterwards, and he, and he said, you know, not going into details, he said, God spoke through Joel. And he said, that job is not for you. I've got something here for you. I'm going to use you mightily in high praises and in Anderson. You need to stay put and you need to get ready. He spoke right to him. And the first thing that he said when he got up is he said, I can't go. I can't go. I can't go. God has got something for me here. And what I want to tell you today is if you would listen, God has got something for you. But I think the problem is that so many of us is we aren't listening. We are getting caught up in the day to day. We're getting caught up just in our own world that we're not asking God for specific direction. That we're just living our lives, going to work, going on vacation, going to a Clemson game, doing this and doing that. Our mind isn't on the kingdom. Our minds are just on ourselves. And so we're not asking God, what can I do to make an eternal impact? We're asking, how can I make more money? How can I get more time off? How can I be more comfortable? But we're not asking the spirit of Jesus, Lord, guide me, tell me where you want me to go and what you want me to do. And the problem is that so many of us begin to lead just, just lies full of discontent. We're not satisfied. We can have all the money in the world. Our family is around us. Our house is paid off. Everything seems to be going good. And yet there's something on the inside that is just, you just feel restless. It's because God has called you to join him in this great big plan to spread the good news of Jesus and the love of Jesus throughout this earth. And God has a specific plan and purpose for your life. And until you yield to that, you're not walking in what God has designed you to do. Let's listen. But there's some of you, it's not that you aren't listening. You're just not obeying. Man, you know God's been calling you to something. For two months now, the Spirit of God has just been knocking on the door of your heart going, you know you need to evangelize to your boss right now. You know you need to present Jesus to that, that gas station clerk where you get gas every Monday. You know, you've been talking about it. Honey, we really need to get in the growth track, but it's been six months and you still haven't gone through and you're still not serving. You know God has been speaking to you, but you've been putting it off for whatever reason. Can I urge you today, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey because God has something for you. But can you imagine if we were a people in tune with the Spirit of God? Can you imagine the difference it would make in this church if we had a bunch of people saying, yes, Lord, use me. Yes, Lord, I'll join the, the, the new team. That, that's the video team for our live streaming. Yes, Lord, I'll sign up to serve our kids and our children. Can you imagine the impact if you, that you would make if you, if you would listen to the voice of God and start making a difference in the lives of young people? Can you imagine what would happen in our community if you would listen to the voice of God and get plugged in at AIM or get plugged in at Haven of Rest or start serving at the Lot Project that you know God has been calling you to do for months now? 
Can you imagine the difference in your workplace, in your family, in your community if you would obey the voice of the Spirit and say, fine, Lord, I'll tell them my testimony. I'll tell them about Jesus. I'll do this thing because it's what you're calling me to do. We would see a community radically changed by Jesus. I'm believing for that today. Some of you, it's, 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 it's a deeper issue than that. Some of you, you know God's calling you to something, but you just don't feel qualified. You don't feel like you can do it. You don't have what it takes to serve. You don't have what it takes to step up. You can't evangelize to somebody. You, you don't have a seminary degree. Watch what, ha- what happens next. Starting in verse 11. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samanthrake, I googled that, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of the part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside, where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So here's what's going on. Paul and his companions, they have listened to the voice and the direction of God. And so they've finally gone into this city called Philippi in Macedonia. And so Paul shows up like he does and he looks for the Jewish crew. Even though his mission is to the Gentiles, he always starts with the Jews. But this is a very Gentile city. It's actually a Roman colony. A lot of the Roman veterans came here to retire And so he shows up, and and they don't really have a synagogue. They just have some women who meet for a prayer meeting. So he goes down by the river, and he starts preaching the gospel to them. And there's this particular woman named Lydia. Now, Lydia is a Gentile, and when it says that she's a worshiper of God, it means she's a proselyte to the Jewish faith. It doesn't mean that she's a Christian, but she has converted to Judaism. So watch what happens. Paul shows up on the scene obeying God, begins to preach the gospel. And what does it say? It doesn't say that that Paul's incredible sermon saved Lydia. It doesn't say that Paul's wise words really impressed her. It didn't say that Paul's opening joke to his sermon was just hilarious. And she just had to give her life to Christ. It says the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by the apostle Paul. The main actor in this situation and the main actor in Acts is God. And so as Paul begins to preach, it's the Holy Spirit actually opening the heart of Lydia to pay attention to what he is saying so that she would maybe give her life to Christ. You see, the thing about Paul, he was an apostle, but you know he wasn't really a great preacher. I know that kind of sounds scary. The, the, the church in Corinth actually gave him a hard time because they didn't think he was a great preacher. Man, they, they clowned on him because he didn't do as many signs and wonders and miracles as some of the other apostles and traveling preachers of the day. 
There's actually a story where Paul preached so long, so late at night, that this dude fell out of a window, died. Paul had to stop his sermon and come raise him from the dead. Now, if I think somebody died under my preaching, I'd quit. You know what I mean? Pack up and go home, find something else. So if that happens to any of you, I'm out. See y'all. It's been good. Thank you. Man, Paul, he, he was called by God, but he didn't have any special skills when it came to preaching. But God called him to a work, and he empowered him to do it. And so many of you in this room, you know God's been calling you to serve in this church. God's been calling you to share the gospel. God's been calling you to start a ministry. God's been calling you to give over and above. I'm not even talking to this church. I'm talking to the community, to individuals. God's been calling you to something specific, knocking on your heart. But you've been going, Lord, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. I can't do this. Why me? But whatever God calls you to, he will give you the grace to do it. I know that usually in in my sermons, I try and keep a lot of jokes. I try and be funny. But can I just be real with y'all today? I know we're not laughing a whole lot, but but can I just be real? I've never really told this to anybody, but I want to share it with you. I think it was maybe when I first started being the student pastor here, maybe I was still an intern. I really struggled internally. I struggled feeling like I was enough. I struggled feeling like I had it in me. I struggle feeling qualified, qualified as a leader, qualified as a pastor, like I can make this thing happen. And I remember one day we were sitting in the Mac, and, and Pastor Scott was still here, and he began to talk to me, and he did it in the most perfect and gracious way. He wasn't getting on to me. I didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't coming at me, nothing like that. He was just giving me some encouragement and some ideas of how I could do a better job and how Thrive could be better. I mean, like, it was nothing harsh, wasn't even getting on to me at all. But the insecurity on the inside of me just began to show. And he doesn't even know this, but I had to hold back tears. Not because of what he was saying was harsh, or not because, you know, I I was just a wimp and I couldn't handle it. But I had spent so much time thinking, Lord, what are you doing here? Why have you got me here? I'm not good enough. I can't handle this. I can't step into what you have for me. What are you thinking? And it just began to creep up. And later on, it just broke down. I thought, I'll never never make it. I'll never do this. Yet after months and months and months of praying, months and months and months of struggling, I finally said, Lord... If you've called me to this, you better do the work. God, you better make me the man and the pastor and the leader and the preacher you want me to be because I don't have it in me. You better go with me, before me and behind me because I don't have this on my own. And God, not in any supernatural, spectacular way, just said, okay, I will. And can I tell you today that God is calling you to something individually, specifically. He is inviting you to be a part of this big, great master plan for furthering his kingdom. And do not let Satan lie to you that you aren't good enough. 
But if God has called you to it, he will get you through it. He will give you the grace. He will go before you. He will go behind you. He will anoint you. You are a spirit-filled believer, full of the power of God. You have got everything you need. Step in to your calling and to your purpose that God has given you today. If God is calling you to give over and above to families that are in need, trust God. He'll give you enough. He'll give you even more than you got right now. If God is calling you to serve in kids' church, to serve in student ministry, to get on the stage and sing, God will bless you with talents and with help and with grace you didn't have before. If God is calling you to step up and be a life group leader, he will make you the leader you never thought you could be. If God is with you, there's nothing that can stop you. Amen? Amen. So grateful for the grace of God. But finally, what happens when things don't go according to plan? What happens when you're serving God and then life just hits you? What happens when you're faithful, you're listening to the voice of God, you're walking in his purpose and in his plan? And life just seems to go haywire. Paul knows something about that. Paul's still in this city, listening to the voice of God, doing what God has called him to do, is walking to a place of prayer one day. And then this, this girl just begins crying out, just begins shouting out behind them. And, 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 and she was shouting about who they are and the, the ministry that they had. And for whatever reason, Paul didn't think it was a problem at first. But after a few days, he realized that this girl was actually a demon-possessed girl. And she was a slave. So her owners actually had her. And that through this demon possession, she would actually tell the future. And, they, and, and many scholars believe that she actually had this like creepy, demonic gift of, of being a ventriloquist. So you would go and pay money to see her and in a different voice that you don't think is coming like directly from her begins to tell your future. So they made money off of her. Well, Paul gets sick of her following them around and just shouting out and being annoying. So finally he turns around and says, in the name of Jesus, be gone. And the demon has to flee. Well, because of this, because of Paul's obedience to the gospel, to the voice of God, exercising the authority of God, you want to know what happens? He gets thrown in jail. I mean, straight up thrown in prison. It's him and Silas. We don't know what Luke and Timothy were doing. They were, they were out of the picture. The, the guys came and they made up some lies about them and they sent them to jail. And they were obeying God. They were in his will. They were doing what he wanted. Why would God let this happen? Some of you, you, you found yourself in that place today. Watch what they do. Starting in verse 25, it says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. 
Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling, <coughs> excuse me, before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, and to all were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. So Paul and Silas, his whole crew, they're listening to the voice of God. They're walking in obedience, and then bam, life hits. Satan, knowing what he's doing, sends a demon-possessed girl in their way to try and disrupt the plan of God. So they're obeying him and they wind up in prison. And it is at this point, this point, that Paul and Silas would have every right to go, Lord, what are you doing? You called me here just to put me in prison? What are you doing? I've served you faithfully all of my days and you're going to let this happen? How could you? And there's so many of you in this room right now that you've been serving Jesus You've been listening to his voice, walking in what he has for you, but life has hit hard. You got the doctor's report you didn't think you'd ever get, and it's not good. You lost your job, and you've got bills to pay, and you don't know where it's coming from. You've got internal family struggle, relationships broken that you never thought would end. Life hits. You've been serving Jesus. And now you're at this point going, God, why me? What are you doing? I thought I was in your will. I thought I was in your plan. And it seems that you would have every right to be mad at God, just like Paul and Silas. But what do they do? It's the midnight hour. It's pitch black in this prison. They're locked up, no freedom. They don't know what's going on. But they just begin to sing his praises. That even in the darkest of nights, even though they don't know how they got here, God is still good, he is still faithful, and he is still with them. So they're just kind of hanging out. and Paul's just like, hey, you trying to sing some songs to God? You want to worship him in this moment? And they just begin to cry out. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus and just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Sing Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. And as they begin to sing and cry out in faith and worship God, knowing that he is good, what happens? 
God shows up in a mighty earthquake. He, he, he releases them from their chains. Paul says, don't kill yourself, jailer. We are all here. And as he grabs the light and he comes rushing in, because, the, because of the demonstration of worship, because of the faith in the darkest night, because they proclaim that God is good even in the worst of situations, the jailer comes running and says, what must I do to be saved? I don't know where you found yourself today. I don't know what situation you found yourself in, but can I remind you that there just might be a purpose in the prison? That there just might be a reason you're in the situation that you're in. There just might be a reason life is hit hard. There just might be a reason you're in the struggle. Because if you would cry out and say, Lord, I know you're good. If you would stay faithful to him. If you would realize that God has got a plan that he wants you to join him in. He may take your prison and use it for his purpose. So as you begin to stay faithful at work, despite the doctor's report, people are going to start noticing. As you continue to worship God, even though you don't even have a job right now, just watch and just wait. As you begin to stay faithful to God and trust that he is good in the darkest of situations, he may use your situation to break somebody free from their sin. Because if they can say, man, God healed them, God's been with them, God blessed them, God took care of them, why can't he do the same thing for me? God may be setting you up for a testimony that's going to make an impact in this world. That's who our God is. And I don't know where you found yourself today, but it's not over. Like Pastor Terrence preached, it's not over. God may just be using you and setting you up to have a testimony that's going to shake this world. So if you would, go ahead and stand today. And I'd like our prayer team to come ahead and come down front. In just a moment, I do want to ask everybody to come down in just a second. But here's what I want you to pray for. Maybe you've been living your life and and you haven't been listening to the voice of God. Right, like you've just been doing your thing. Just kind of show up to church, do the Sunday morning thing, kind of just whatever, get it out of the way. But you're not asking God, how how do you want to use me? Or maybe, maybe God's been speaking to you, but you've been saying no. So you begin to pray. Maybe you need to repent. And as you begin to pray, say, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? I'll do it too. Maybe you feel like you aren't enough. Maybe you feel like you don't have what it takes. Maybe you feel like you're disqualified. Maybe you think you're too old, that God's done with you. Begin to cry out to God and say, Lord, use me again and give me the grace to do it. Three, the reason especially we've got this prayer team down here is if you have a need, if you have any need, if you need any prayers answered, that's the reason we're here. And I want you to pray out in faith, praying, God, use my situation. God, use my prison for your purpose. Pray, God, I pray for deliverance. I pray for an answered prayer. I pray for you to show up so that you would get all the glory and begin to cry out in faith 
that God wants to use whatever you're going through to bring glory to him and maybe even set somebody else free. So if you would, everybody just go ahead and come down. Come on, just everybody in the house, if you would. And if you need to pray personally as the band begins to sing, go ahead. But if you've got a need, if you need prayer, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you need something, please feel free, step up to these prayer team members and let's believe for God to move in a mighty way. Whatever your need is, whatever your prayer is, if you would, go ahead and lift up holy hands as a sign of surrender, as an act of faith that says, Lord, I'm giving my life and my heart and my ear to you. Come on, begin praying and crying out to him. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.